I want to create a wave of all those things because in the end, that's what this life is about. It's about learning, pushing, and going through what you got to come through the fire. That was Nicole of Last Dragon Pizza and the host of Complex's Pizza Wars. And it's your boy, Idriff, and you're listening to the What's Good Dough podcast. Whether it's dough, business, or life, my guests and I are always talking about ways we can level up. More about Nicole, she has been living the pizza life for many years now. Through dedication and faith, she is the superstar celebrity pizza chef that she is today. We start the conversation about how being in the pizza world kind of just fell into her lap. And through the time and energy that she put into her craft, she became noticed. If you're a fan of the Pizza War series, you're going to love this episode and all of the behind the scenes information that Nicole drops. If you just need a little kick or a bit of motivation for the new year, this show is for you too. For your reference, there are timestamps in the description so that you can jump around to the topics that matter to you most. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good, dough? Hello, 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 everyone listening. I am joined today with the one and only Nicole Russell, founder, owner of Last Dragon Pizza, and the host, Pizzaiola, of First We Feast. Welcome to the show. What's good, though? Hey, life is good, though. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm so happy. I've had a day off, kind of, sort of. So I'm nice and relaxed. I'm lucky you're spending it here with me because I know you <laughs> are like the busiest woman. I see you all over the place. Busy. I am pretty busy. Yeah, That's kind of been, that's your life. I mean, I've I've kind of been researching as much as I could about you mm-hmm. for however long you've been doing pizza. And, and let me just start off by saying I respect, respect, respect the hustle. Thank you so really. much. Of course. I think because people haven't spent the last however many days researching you, I think it's just fair to, for everyone to kind of start at the beginning okay. and talk about how you got with, how you got in the pizza, pizza world. How I got in the pizza world. Well, there's different pizza worlds, right? Well, how I got in the pizza life, pizza world, pizza life, two different things, right? Pizza life, it came organically. Like I had no desire to, um, you know, really open up a shop, no desire to, you know, be the best, no desire to, um, do anything, but just to like, you know, have fun perfecting my dough and creating great pizza because I can. And it just turned into this, you know, love. It turned into this passion. Um, it turned into this great curiosity. And that's how I got into the piece of life, organically, just in love with the process of making pizza and dough. Piece of world, talk about a grind and a hustle. I started a business from home selling pizzas. Um, and, you know, it was word of mouth. It wasn't really um, something that was a public business per se, but it was more word of mouth. So I was able to do it. People wanted it. So I just was like, okay, I was just doing it to supply the people. But then, you know, after I would say two years, I was like, wait, you know, I think you have something. And then, you know, I started servicing a brewery. I mean, so much money that it changed me because people that were afraid to come pick up in Rockaway at my house were more apt to come to the brewery. So, you know, I helped build that brewery to what it is today because we both brought our two worlds together and people wanted my pizza and then they wanted to know about this new brewery. And, you know, to this day, like, I'm very proud of being able to help that brewery. After that, I said, you know what, let me, I joined a women's group in my neighborhood, like a business organization in my neighborhood because I just didn't know what to do because I knew I had something and they told me about a you know a business plan grant competition and I've never written a business plan before but I knew what I had you know I always knew what I had and at the time I wanted to go mobile and I have to say that's probably the turning point because it gave me a five-year plan like to where to see myself. Am I exactly where I thought I would be? No, but I'm better. That's interesting. 
I feel like you were just putting in the work starting this conversation. Stop work. And that's why it's so annoying to me. Like when people, you know, just try to ride my bandwagon or ride me because, you know, you know, you had the, the pandemic and then all of a sudden everyone's doing it, which is fantastic, which I'm saying, you know, what's fantastic about it? F- follow your heart, right? Follow your heart and do what you, what was, what's in your heart and your soul. Maybe it's, um, cookies. Maybe it's brownies. What, but it's pizza, right? So follow your heart and see where it leads you. Like, don't try to map my blueprint, map your own blueprint. You know what I mean? Because there is no blueprint for me because all I was, I tell people this all the time was obedient. I was obedient to the spirit in me. That's it. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to date. I didn't want to party. I wanted to make pizza. And that was it. That was it. You did you. And I encourage everybody to do you. And that's why I'm fearless because I know I'm never taking, you know, I'm never doing anything because I want to be like this one, I'll be like that one. I'm doing what's in my heart and in my spirit and it shows. I I gotta I gotta jump into this right now because like I just watched The Last Dragon for the first time two days ago. And I'm gonna tell you my favorite scene. And it was the part where they were um Leroy was at the club, Seventh Heaven. That's right. And he was watching Bruce Lee. Right. And the and the the line that stuck out was like, if you want to find that glow, it has to be the mind, the body, and the soul. The mind, the body, and the soul. You live that. I am the embodiment of finding the glow. That's all I am doing. And that's why it's so poignant. Like, I'm not trying to copy The Last Dragon. I'm not trying to be The Last Dragon movie. I am... I am the premise of The Last Dragon. I am Bruce Leroy. Like, he didn't care about nothing else. He wanted to find the glow. And that's me. I've sacrificed a lot to get there, too. Like, a lot of my friends, I don't have a lot of same friends anymore. A lot of people thought I was having a midlife crisis. You know what I mean? But I knew, I just can't explain it. Like, I go to business meetings, you know, all the time. And they ask me. And I just knew. I, I just knew. I just knew, like, I can't even articulate it. And I still know. Help me out here then, because there are a few people listening on this show, me myself included, who still don't know the full path. It seems like you know to let things come to you, but like sometimes you come into a, a path where there are two options. You just trust blindly like that the, the, the path you choose is going to work? No, it's more like... You're just being a worker and the work will show the work. Shout out to my boy, my brother-in-law, Opatino, but he says this all the time. The work will show just by putting in the work. It's almost like a universal law of the planet. Mm. It's just, it's almost like gardening and soiling and all of that. You're just soiling and gardening and soiling and, and, and things just come because you're putting in the work. It's like energy in the universe. It's like energy in the world. It's like you're creating this energy and you're getting the return. You said it yourself, like everyone's like coming on your bag bandwagon. They don't see the years no. of you putting in the work, fixing your own oven. Right. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, yo, I've been there. I, I see that washer behind me. Yeah. That washer behind me had a broken door, <laughs> had uh, a bunch of busted stuff. And I fixed that myself. And when you said that, you're like, I had to fix my oven in 24 hours yeah. because I had people coming for pizza tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That was so all you. I took a risk because, you know, people started buying from me from civil, like, you know, cops, the, the, uh, detectives and all kinds of things. Like I didn't fluff it. I didn't lie. I just was like, yo, word of mouth. That's how you got to find me. And that's it. And there'll be times where I'd be scared as hell. Like, oh, who's this ordering? You know what I mean? Are they going to take me away? Are they going <laughs> to take me away? But um, you know what I'm saying? But like, I was consistent. When I say consistent, the first two years, when I realized that I was going to do this thing, I was so consistent that there was nobody coming and I was sitting with my 20 dollars like, do, 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 do. oh, I guess, okay, nothing today. Oh, nothing on Friday. Okay. Nothing on Saturday. Well, I'm open Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. 
And I learned that just giving that customer the expectation of that when I'm going to be open and being consistent. See, people give up and they move on too fast. Yo, that's real. They want it so fast. They're going to get it real fast, too. They're going to get it <laughs> fast and they're going to burn. Oh, my goodness. No, that's real because, like, you say you're going to be there Wednesday and Friday, you better be there because the day you're not there and someone shows up, that word of mouth that was working for you is going to work against you. They're going to say, oh, I visited Nicole and she wasn't even there. And everyone's so quick to move on to the next stage so fast, like so fast because, oh, bump this. I see what's happening. I want to be this and that. All right. But the work will always show. You know what I mean? And you don't understand that when you, when you, when you're such a like, oh, I gotta, oh, I gotta do this now. And I want to, you know, I want to shine. I want to shine on Instagram. I want to shine. I want to shine. You know, I want to have a hundred thousand followers. I don't even care about that no more. I don't even care about that. I'm meeting billionaires. Forget my followers. You know who's following me outside of this? Billionaires. I don't care. Oh my God. That's crazy. So what I'm trying to say, and what does that mean? Is it all about money? No, it's 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 positioning, it's power, it's it's information, it's dinners, it's knowledge, it's I've opened up 81 of these before. Let me tell you what not to do. It's you know, I run the largest blah, blah, blah. It's, you know what I mean? So who cares? You're not going to learn that off of Instagram. No. Those fake gurus ain't going right. to teach you nothing. The right. people who are trolling you, they're not going to teach you nothing. Right. So, you know, authenticity always shows. True heart always shows. True spirit always shows. And, um, you know, if you really want it, it shall be yours. You can't fake it. Can't fake it. And I'm just fortunate, like, by the way, I've been an entrepreneur for years. And and all my friends that knows know me, they like you, everything you did led up to this. I was prepared for this years because I've done other stuff that led me to the position where I am now that I knew to wait. I knew to do it this way. I knew to be consistent. I knew to, you know, learn how to build my clientele. I knew how to do this and that. You know what I mean? Are there gaps of me in, in my learning? Yeah, there are. But I've I've positioned myself to greatness, this greatness on the line right now, this greatness on the line. There's so many things that I wish I could talk about. I can't, but I'm trying to tell you, like, it's, it's a quiet storm. When you say you can't talk about it is because you don't know how to express it or is there something that you're yeah, just I got not a lot of them. great things coming down the pike. But before we continue with this episode, I want to introduce you to my show sponsor, Uni Pizza Ovens. They are a huge reason why the show has gotten better and why my pizza making has gotten exceptionally better. Before I had them in my life, I was making pizza out of my home oven. Now, I'm not saying you can't make great pizza out of your home oven, but if you're tired of having all those limitations, if you're tired of hacking your oven, if you're tired of pale looking pizzas, Uni is your solution. Today, I use my Uni ovens to crank out the pizzas that I love and would be proud to sell. If you're looking to get a new oven, I'd greatly appreciate it if you use the link in my show notes. Any commissions earned from that affiliate link will help me raise money for various nonprofits. Thank you so much to my show sponsor, Uni, and thank you to you for listening. Now, back to the podcast. Well, one I can talk about is season three is coming, so that's great. So I'm so happy that season three Pizza Awards is is happening. And I believe we're going to start shooting that any day now, you know. Um, but I'm so excited for that opportunity. And um, I have to say that when it was first offered to me, you know, they pursued me for it. I didn't understand what it was. I, you know, I was just as shocked as other people watching it. Like, oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> like, I know it sounds weird, but, you know, like when something is happening to you, you don't know what it is, but until you see it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. We here. <laughs> how did how did the relationship start? They just reached out to me. They just reached out to me. But you know what I was driving last night and saying to myself, and um, I I, I hardly ever talk about Mark Iacono. I hardly ever talk about him from Lucali. I hardly ever talk about him, right? Because it's so easy to drop his name and everyone just, oh my god, <laughs> right? But I authentically love that man. Just authentically love him. Like just, just, oh, he's, he's done so much for me. But I was driving last night. I had a really great meeting and I was like, one night at Lucali, 
changed my whole life. Are you, are you referring to the pop-up where he invited you to pop up over there? Yeah, because what's so funny was it was a strange part in my life and I just didn't know like what was going on. And then he was like, he like I always tell the story, he really didn't offer me a pop-up. He offered me every Tuesday. That's what he, I have witnesses. He offered me every Tuesday, right? But I trained until I was ready. I was training and training and training until I was ready. And I, that night was so effortlessly effortless and so wonderful. And I did exactly what I came to do that I didn't even want to repeat it. So then that night, I just named it One Night at Lucali's. That's it. And he was like, it's time for you to get your restaurant. You, you don't even need to be here. I was like, you're right. You're right. And then I was like, I, at the time, people that know me know I never really wanted a restaurant ever, 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 ever. But it's just a natural progression of things. You know what I mean? To get one. But that one night at Lucali's, I feel, changed my trajectory of my whole life. Was it just the confidence that you felt afterwards? Did you meet people? What, what was going down? The confidence, um, uh, the impact I made in one night, um, um, the training, the learning, um, you know, learning his systems and how he's running his restaurant so efficiently and the well-oiled machine that he has, um, how to handle fame, how to handle being the man, because he's the man, right? And so I'm with him, you know, for months and I'm watching and how he handles himself, how he handled me, how he handled me. You know what I mean? I learned how to be polite, how to be gracious, how to be humble, but a quiet humble. Like, you know, you know what you got. You know what you're doing. You don't need to be all, uh, you know what I mean? There's ways <laughs> to handle this thing. You know what I mean? You don't got to shout it from the mountaintops. All you got to do is work. You know what I mean? And I I just learned how to be cool. <laughs> I need to learn that. <laughs> how to be just cool, you know? You know, like, like stay who you are, stay true to yourself, know what's for you, know what's not for you, and just be cool. It's like learning to live with that glow because when you're glowing, it's like everyone wants to touch your glow. You want to use your glow, but it's like you got to know how to how to harness that power. Yes. Yes. And it's constant because, you know, the brilliant thing about being on Complex is it's a it's a, it's like, oh, those shows was done. I can't believe I did the shows the show in one year, two seasons in one year. I'm, not, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, it's only been a year. <laughs> Feels like a decade. Right. But then it stays, it stays on YouTube forever. So then it's going to grow, it's going to grow, it's going to grow while I'm growing. And people can see the beginning of that part. The people that I'm saying this to you, I'm not in my head, is because at the same time while I'm talking to you, the producers are texting me. And the subject line is, thank you. Oh. And I won't share the whole letter with you, but... I am so honored to be a part of the First We Feast family and the Complex family and now BuzzFeed family. And I just couldn't ask for greater people to be on my to be on my team, to be I'm on their team, whatever you want to call it. It was it's just like it's so good. Mm. Lucky, blessed, whatever the word, just so honored. But you see, like I feel like when you're not so thirsty. You could just take small sips and win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were you ever at a point where you're just like, all right, I'm acting a little thirsty here. I got to no, cool down. I never really wanted anything but to make pizza. Yeah. I wanted to grow, you know, but like after I was in the New York Times, you know, and after I did Lucali's and after I did a couple of things, you know, and a lot of things was in the works before Lucali, right? That New York Times thing was in the work before Lucali happened. And then, you know, all this stuff happened. It was just all coming down the line. Um, I knew I wanted to grow, reach more people. And you never know how that's going to happen. But look what I'm doing. I'm, I'm reaching millions of people. I was just going to say earlier, when you're talking about YouTube and it living on there forever, I just saw a notification on my phone this morning that YouTube hit a trillion 
views today with a T. Crazy. I know, and 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 you're only at the beginning. You just got yes. moved up to season three. Yes. You got a lot more to go, and I'm I'm actually you know very curious about first we feast. How do you prepare for such a a daunting challenge week after week? Oh, that's something. Let me tell you. First of all, you want to know the truth? It happens so fast a lot of the times that live on air in that taping is the first time I'm actually making some of that stuff. No way. Yeah, like I'm planning here. And I always make my dough. So there's no trickery. There's no nothing. I always make my dough. That's the thing. I make my sauce too, but like sometimes I could just give the culinary producer and tell them, hey, I want my sauce like this or whatever. And then I just get it and then just, you know, real quick, just make it how I want it. But mm-hmm. my dough is always my dough. And of course, I have a list of things I want every week that I want for the show. And then what I started to do was make my list broader so that if I want to freestyle, I could just be like, you know what? I do want cinnamon. You know what? I do want X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? So to make it more like we're we're working hard to make the kitchen more like a real kitchen. Like I go in there and whatever I want is there. So they're really good at that. So together with the culinary producer and I, we've been... We've been making it a real kitchen as much as possible. Every tool that I could think of that I want, every spice, every whatever that I want available. So sometimes, oftentimes, the first, you know, so we have to make more than one pizza. So I have to show up with like six doughs of whatever I'm going to do. If it's a deep dish dough, it's a deep dish dough. If it's a regular pie dough or a Sicilian dough, you know, I have to come ready with six. And then oftentimes it's like, okay, Nicole, now go. And I'm doing it right then and there. Dang. First that's time skills. I, right. The first time I made the La Majun that I just did, La Majun, I always get it wrong, so please don't hate me, you guys. That sounded right. Was right. Like, you know, I I had a I had been to Turkey, and I knew what it's supposed to taste like, and I knew the ingredients. So when I got to the kitchen that morning, I was just trying to get the meat right. Like, okay, uh, no. You know, add this, add that, add this. Try to get the, the garnish right. Mm, mm, no, no, no. Add this, add that, that. So what I do is I get in there and I get the I get the taste down. And the dough's already me because I've been, you know, the great thing about being a home pizzaola is that all you do is R&D, right? All you do is mm-hmm. play around with doughs and flowers, right? So I'm pretty fast with that because I've been doing that for how many years now, right? So I know what outcome I want and I prepare for that. Of course, sometimes we don't always get what we want. But pretty much, I prepare for that. So now, once I got the dough that I'm going to do for the challenge, when I get there in the morning, it's all about, okay, what's this? Oh, no, okay, we got to do this, you know, get the taste down. And then usually, the first time I make a pie is when you see me making it right there and there. That's ridiculous. And I'm just like, okay, so let's go. Whatever, whatever. And that's why I'm always like, you like it? Because... Please. I ain't trying <laughs> my first time making yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't trying yet. Oh, that would that would stress me out. Like when I'm still making pizza, since I'm still fairly new at this, it's like if I know someone's gonna pick up, I'll try to make at least you know I'll I'll give it I'll give the batch a go at least a day before, just so I know, right? I'm not that confident yet, but I'm glad all of the all of the work that you put in has prepared you for this. Yeah, and then like you know, um, I don't read the comments that often, but I do, and they swear to God it's rigged. It's not rigged. Um, um, they swear to God, like the judges are biased. They're not biased. They come in, they have no idea. They come in late. Like we shoot from like, let's say we start shooting. I'm, my call time on set is usually 11 o'clock. I'm usually there before, but my call time is like 11. They come like three o'clock. They ain't see everything that we did all day. You know what I'm saying? Then they come in and they sit there, whatever. And this season, because they want to do the blind tasting, I went through hoops to make sure it was blind because I didn't want to hear nobody say nothing. I mean, they my I have to say, you know, my producers ever see this, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, she's ridiculous. Because I'd be like, Jackson, they can see. <laughs> you think don't call my name because they know that, that if I go first, then we both gotta go over there because who how are they gonna know? I'm like, Jackson, um, can they wait outside? And he's looking at me like, oh my God, because he knows the fine line of taking care of talent and me being like, um, excuse me. Some of them are like 
professional bakers like Artisan Brian, but then you also have, you know, some people who are not as professional. Isn't that going to be like, oh yeah, this dough is really well fermented, especially coming from Frank and Joe. They can kind of sense that you have that experience. Well, the thing is, and that's a good question. The thing is, all the people that are on there, don't get it twisted. These people have 7 million, 10 million. Look, look them up. They got 2 million followers, 7 million followers. They got cooking shows, legit cooking shows. Just because they're not on the pizza uh, radar, the pizza industry radar, don't mean that they don't know what they're doing with their dough. Don't mean that they don't know what they're doing with their cooking or anything like that. These people have millions of followers. I have none. So they're pros in different ways, right? Of course, I would love to get more like pizza industry and go toe to toe, which I presume will come, you know, soon. But a lot of the pizza industry people are huge giants to us, but not the world. I get that. They asked me who's my number one person I would love on the show. John Arena. He's the goat to me. He's Yoda. He's right up the line. I'm Last Dragon. He's the goat. I need, I would love to have John Arena as a guest. And I know that will happen, God willing, right? But at the same time, he's the goat. But like, if you put it in the YouTube stratosphere, does John Arena have 10 million followers? Does he have 2 million, 1 million followers? These are, these, that's the advice I would say to everybody in that sense. You know, you build your brand with your following too, I guess, right? Like you got to have that big following. You know what I mean? And the reason why somebody like Scott could get on board or, or Mark could get on board because they had their show already that has millions and millions of people watching it already. They're, they're so well known outside of just pizza. So now to go back to your point, I had to cloak myself. Cause let me tell you something. I'm paranoid, right? I love Joe. I love Frank, right? But I don't know if the, I don't know if they're rooting for me. Uh, that didn't even cross my mind. I know they like me. I sure. know they love me, but I don't sure. know if they're rooting for me. It might get more views if they don't like you. Right? Everybody got a, everybody got a job and an opportunity, don't they? But guess what? I got a cloak. So I would cloak my I would cloak my stuff like, oh, you know me for this? Oh, you think my sauce is sweet? My sauce is not sweet this week. Oh, you think my, my dough is like that? I'm doing a whole different dough this week. I'm doing so I a lot of times I would try I would try to focus on the dish and remove my last dragon piece of mindset from it. And just think about an outcome of what I want and make sure that it's great. You know what I mean? Because one thing is a pizzaola or a pizzaola, you know how you, you have a signature. You know how you want things. But sometimes in a challenge, it's not about what you want. It's about the execution. And then you got to decide, do you want to just win or do you want to experiment and be free? You know? So... Joe didn't like spices this season. She hated the spices. She said that my pizza was too spicy for children, right? I disagree with her. I respect her to the hilt. I, and just to be clear, off camera, it's real. I love Josephine. Like I would do anything for her, right? But on the show, I want to win. So I'm known for last dragon pizza spices. Hello. And I got a judge that doesn't like it. So every week I got to be like, oh my God. <laughs> what am I going to do with this girl? What am I going to do with Frank? Oh, I, I'm a minimalist. And then next, then this week, he's not a minimalist. <laughs> Changing by the flavors of the week. <laughs> My execution just had to be like, Nicole, just be remarkable. Mm. Like, do what you do to think you want to win. Because I really wanted to win. I wanted to win for all the people that was would say, oh, it's her show. and She's the host and she's the producer. How's she going to uh, know? It's like you have to keep showing them that you have all of these, like, cards up your sleeve and that you're not predictable. Or they feel like, or, or, or the first season, you know, I was having fun. Popcorn pizza. Pizza in a cup. That's not real pizza. So this, so this season, I made pizza. You happy? I love the popcorn thing. I was just like, that was one thing I wanted to try. But I have to give it to Mike. Mike understood the assignment. And when I saw him pull the bone out, I said, oh, he won this. Do you still hate being at the judges table after two seasons? I mean. Maybe hate's a strong word. No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking because I want to make sure I say it correctly. I want to give you my true feeling. My true feeling is not that I hate being at the judges table. The truth of the matter is the storyline is for real. Like I do want to be the best. 
right? I do want to be a great piece of a piece of maker in the world. I do. And I don't want people to I don't want people to think because they're judging me that they're making or breaking me. So I do not like going to the judge's table. I'm appreciative to hear your feedback, but I'm also determined to do the work that I feel like I was called to do, whether A likes it or B likes it or C likes it. So yeah, is the judge's table my cup of tea? No, but it's good. I've learned to take constructive criticism. I've learned to um, understand people's palates and expectations. You know what I mean? And it's something that I'll definitely keep in my mental cap. Like, oop, got it. But yeah, but I don't want it to get, you know, some people feel like the judges' tables, like they're so powerful and mighty at the judges' table. I'm going to be the deciding factor on whether your pizza is a whatever. And that's why I always make it a note to say, like, I'm super proud of what I made today. Because I am. I'm proud of what I made today. If you don't like it, okay, note taken. You know, I'm listening to your feedback and I get constructive criticism. Thank you. But I'm proud of what I made today. My fried pizza, my fried pizza was amazing. I still think about my fried pizza. And I'm not even saying it like I'm egotistical. Like I know when I'm not, not good and I know when I am good. And I know that I did a great fried pizza. You know what I mean? But I took an L on that. But you know what? Georgia was fantastic too. And I learned a lot from Georgia. And that's another thing. So sometimes it's a win-win situation because the guests that come on, they're so amazing. And I get to learn from them. Do you have any input on who they in- invite? Um, I know like it seems like they have to have a pretty big following, but like I'm sure you're aware of who some of these people are in advance. Sometimes I have sometimes I meet these people the same day. Oh really? I meet the people at action. At the most time, at the most point, I might say, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Nicole. And the next thing you know, I'm in position. Yeah, it's like that. And sometimes I'm such a stickler, like nobody would know this. Sometimes I don't even want to know what they're making. Mm. Like I don't know beforehand what they're making. I could know beforehand what they're making, but oftentimes I choose not to. Why? Why is that? Because I'm a strong believer in blinders. Tell me more about that. I'm a strong mean? believer in not looking at what you're doing, not looking at what you're doing, and just being like this. You know, every now and then I just but I'm like this. <laughs> you got to put them up yourself sometimes. I believe in no distractions or anything. So it's really good because it makes you good on the fly. So, you know, a guest comes in there and they think they're going to get some bacon, right? Because everybody loves bacon. And they're going to put some bacon in their dish and overpower what I'm doing. I have a chance on the fly to just be like, how could I, what could I do to, to compete with the flavor palette of that on the fly? And sometimes I do it. I'm like, oh, da, 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 da. here. You know what I mean? And it just makes you just sharper on your toes. So you got to know how to make pizza, but you also got to have a, a, a flavor disposition. You also have to know um, palates and people and who you're cooking for and all these kind of things. You know, my very first episode with Frank, I made a killer pepperoni pie. He also made a square, which I was not happy that he was going to make a square and I was going to make a round. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? And I made this killer pepperoni pie. And the judge was like, I don't eat pepperoni. I was like. What? Yeah. Nobody oh, my checked. goodness. So then I had to make another plain cheese pie. So that was a tough that was a tough competition to begin with. I'm just doing a plain cheese, you know, plain cheese pie and whatever. So, and then we were still getting started and everyone's, and my pie was cold. So I was pissed. That's another thing. So like, I would get heated behind the scenes. Like we need lamps. We need heat lamps. What's going on? Don't make my dish yet. I'm not making it till you're ready. Are you ready? Okay. You're not ready. I'm not making it till it's hot. Can it be hot? It's not going to be hot. I'll wait. It started being like that because I was tired of seeing my food cold on the table. So I would say after a couple episodes, the the production team was like, right, right, right. And then they made sure every time everything came out hot. It kind of just goes back to what you were saying about how like things just don't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. These are, these are things that build over time and shoot next thing you know, you're in season five and it's just, 
smooth sailing. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But I have to say, this was a smooth sailing season. Like, I think we found our groove, like all of us. Like, I think the producers know, know the supervisor producer knows me. Like, they know, I know them. I think we found our group. We are, by the way, we always had a group because I never really had any upsets with them, right? But you know, through trial and error, they didn't know how competitive I was. So that's the thing that probably took them by storm. Like, oh wait, this girl's not playing. I'm like, no, I'm really not playing. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do it till it's. Is it? It's a time. I'm not serving cold pizza. Okay. That's so funny. So yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing. I'm glad to hear that you still believe in the quality of it all even at that level oh, i feel like it matters yeah. even more and there's guests that come on my show and if they don't have the right pan i'm like nope we need the right pan for the guests because another thing oh i was on the show and you know i wanted to do this they didn't have nope go get it go get it go get the pan that he needs or go get the sauce that he needs or go get the dough that they need no excuses you know so sometimes to make a production, you know, the production wants to be like, well, can we use this? I'm like, no, what he should use is what he wants to use. He needs a pan. So let's get him a pan. It's because it's 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 going to be a bad reflection on me at the end. Absolutely. You're the face of it all. But they, that hardly ever happens to High Complex. They're all, they're all so wonderful. <laughs> it seems like it. No, they it really seems are. like they it. They really are. They really are. I've seen Felix and Sirhan on the show. Yes. But before we continue with this podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to my show sponsor, Cordo Olive Oil. If you're like me and you've seen goat pizza makers drizzle a bit of olive oil to finesse their pies post-bake, I was like, oh, I got to do that too. But when I did, I hated it. Something was definitely off. It wasn't until I got educated and learned about the difference between commodity oil and Cordo's fresh squeezed olive oil that I finally loved doing that post-bake drizzle. It adds that extra oomph and an unbelievable fresh flavor profile. If you're still unsure about the difference, you can sign up for a free olive oil tasting if you're a pizza operator. And if you're a home baker like me, no worries. They can offer you a tasting for a nominal fee, but trust me, it's worth it to know the difference. Use the link in the show notes to learn more. Thank you to Cordo for sponsoring the show, and thank you for listening. You said earlier, some people didn't believe in you, but some people did. How did you manage to bring them up alongside with you? Because that's so cool. Oh, my God. Well, um, Sirhan and Felix was my first two choices when they asked me if, if I wanted a culinary producer. And, you know, one thing that Felix would tell you, and I'm very proud of this with my relationship with him, is that I've always pushed him to put 10 toes down. Like, quit your job. Get serious. Do this for real. Like, you know what I mean? And an opportunity came and I was, and I couldn't think of anybody that was closer to me that had the time because remember, Sirhan used to work in finance. I don't know if you knew that about him and he was more busy. So I wanted to, Sirhan was my, like one of my first choices, but Felix was also a very close comrade of mine. And I just felt like he was ready to do it. You know what I mean? And it was a tough job for him. It was a very, very tough job for him. And then luckily, um, when he couldn't do it sometimes, Sirhan was able to come in. Nothing greater than having my pizza peers with me. You know what's so weird? I was gonna text Felix last night and I was gonna say so many things, so many great things. I didn't say I didn't do it, so he's probably gonna watch this, but I was gonna say to him, so many great things are happening, and I'm gonna bring you right up with me. You know, I was going to text him that and I was like, Nicole, well, don't, don't, don't talk too fast. <laughs> Nothing. I feel that. But I'm always thinking about how I can help, you know, um, any of my piece of friends that I, that, you know, I've, that we rode together on this journey with. Who else were some of the people that helped you get to where you are today? Oh, there's a lot of people that helped me. So first and foremost, I would say. There's different levels of help, right? Um, so number one, my first person would be my sister um, that just gave me the confidence to do this. You know, I don't know if you know my sister. I started this as something to commun commune with my sister. And if it wasn't for me wanting to build a relationship with her, I don't think that I would have 
found the spirit in my heart and my soul as deeply as I did with pizza. So I owe her all of that. And, you know, pizza afforded me to be by her side, go to every doctor's appointment for the last seven years um, while she was battling stage four cancer. So she passed away this year. And I have, I'm I'm sorry too. And while I miss her terribly every day, I have zero regret regrets because the peace of life has afforded me to spend the most quality time with her that I couldn't even imagine, imagine spending the time that I spent with her. So I rest easy. I rest easy. As far as getting in the pizza world, I owe that to Sirhan to start because um, he became my friend on Instagram. He's really the connector. He became my friend on Instagram. And because of him, you know, the term I'm outside now, because of him, I came outside because I was really just like this, like, like blinders on. Yeah. Oh, I, got, to yourself. I got pieces to make for my people out here, you know? And um, I, he introduced me. I came outside and he introduced me to Scott. Then from Scott, I went to Expo. And then I met Nino Coniglio there. And, um, you know, that really helped me tremendously because I got to like be his, st- what's it called? Stage or stag? You know, when you study. Staging? Yes. Yeah. I can never say the word. Oh God. I'm so bad with pronouncing things. But for like four months, you know, I ran around with Nino and it was like one of the best four months I've ever spent in the pieces that I'll never forget. And it was kind of like, um, you know, two o'clock in the morning, you know, oh, Nicole, drive me here. Oh, Nicole, take me there. Oh, Lord, whatever. And he really never told me, like, taught me like a, a dough recipe per se, but I got to watch him. And then when I started reading with the combination of the time I spent with him, it just came together. Mm. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Because what happened was I followed him around. I watched him and I, and I didn't know what he was doing, you know, checking the dough, pulling it and this, that and other. I didn't, it didn't register to me. Right. But then when I started reading on top of it, um, Stephanie had sent me the books, um, modernist cuisine. And I started reading it. All the stuff he was doing, it clicked. So when I was studying for Lucali, I took a little bit of both. Like he taught me a lot by, showing me large batches of dough and what to do. And then the books kicked in and then the oven and then understanding the cook for the apparatus. What am I using? Okay. Let me make a dough specifically for that. What am I, what temperature? Okay. Let me make a dough specifically for that. And I would say that's what really made me strong. I love that. That was what really made me strong. Um, who else? There's a lot of people. So, of course, Mark, of course. Oh, um, Orlando Foods. So, first, Scott had introduced me to Orlando Foods, and he made them send me flowers. So, remember, when we're doing stuff at home, um, you know, you can't, you don't have access to, like, stuff. You know, you're like, oh, I want the quality stuff, right? I was using Pillsbury bread dough for years. It was my favorite. I wasn't a King Arthur fan. I, I really liked uh, Pillsbury bread dough. But I'm glad I had that experience because I know what to do if I land somewhere and I can't get X, Y, and Z. I know how to manipulate a regular store, King Arthur or Pillsbury bread dough, you know? And um, he had them send me flour and I started experimenting. And by the time I got to, and he came to visit me, Scott came to visit me. And then by the time I got to Expo that same year, because I think that was like Maine and he came, then I went to Expo that year, I got to really meet, um, the Caputo people in, in person and they already was like, you know, heard about me and they sent me home with five 50 pound bags of flour. I'll never forget because it was Atlantic city. So I could drive. So I packed up those, but cause you imagine at that time it was like, what? 2018. I was like, what? Hey, <laughs> I could get what? You know, that's a treasure right, right? there. <laughs> so I remember and I was crying and I remember I took a picture of all the flour in my house, like, wow, I got five 50-pound bags of flour. And I built a nice relationship with them. And then from there, I owe them a whole lot. Women in Pizza, um, Orlando Foods, I owe them a lot because through them, I was able to go to Italy. And guess what? I brought my sister and my mom with me. 
And guess what? I got to really learn a lot and meet a lot of people. And it was a trip that was so remarkable. Like, I don't think it could ever be duplicated again. Because then COVID hit and it's like, they haven't done anything like that since. And they were like, kind of like my sponsors, unbeknownst to me. Like, I was thinking, you know, whatever. But they were very gracious to me. And in return, you know, I've always worked well with their products. And I'm loyal to their brand as a result of that. Not because they asked me to, because I really like it, and why not? And why not? There's nothing better than, you know, the family that a pizza, the pizza community family. And just to know there's a company out there that really operates like a family is like, wow. So I love using their stuff and everything like that. And I owe them a lot. I owe them a lot. So, yeah. So there's a lot of different layers. I'm trying to think if I'm leaving. I hope I'm not leaving anybody. My customers. Of course. My God. Years and years and years of just always ordering. Years and years of still waiting to order, just patiently waiting. Yes, my very first customer, Louis. Oh, my God. You got Louis. I still see Louis. Every now and then he comes and does, like, work on the block. And I'm like, you don't even know what you did. For anyone listening, I just posted up a picture of uh, of Nicole's first customer. Yep, electrician, and he was just so nice. And I had no idea I was going to be selling. And he was like, "Wow, this is the best piece I've ever had." I was like, "Really, Louis?" He was like, "Yeah." He was like, "I'm going to bring people tomorrow. I'll buy some." I was like, "You're going to buy it?" He was like, "Yeah." He was like, "How much?" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> right. And then I I tell the story all the time. I ordered the boxes from Websterant and I had no idea it was next day delivery. So by 12 noon, I had green boxes and I only ordered green boxes because, oh, I was like, these boxes turn into plates. How interesting. I ordered it. And then the next day when Lewis came, I had a box and I had the pizza in the box. And I said, how much? He said, 15. I said, thank you. That was my first sale. I'll never forget that. And and that's kind of what kicked it off. So yep. it's hard to believe, but it's almost surreal mm-hmm. that it's like that first sale, you know, got you to where you are today. I mean, is part of what got you to where you are today. Yep. It's very big part of it though, because I would have never thought that. I give Lewis all the respect when I see Lewis. You have to see it. He's probably like, Oh Lord, I don't even come over there no more. I'm like, Lewis I have his number in my phone. I text him all the time. That's cool. And I just wanted to say that I, I vibed with what a lot of what you were saying now. It feels good to have people kind of back you up. You know, shout out Orlando Foods for believing in you early and, early. and, and seeing and seeing how, you know, you've grown yourself and now it's like they that that trust in you paid off. And I just wanted to thank um, Uni and Cordo Olive Oil too for believing in me and sponsoring the show. And Cordo and Uni and Cordo is a great company as well. And Stanislaus, Stanislausen, Stanislaus Tomatoes. Thank you, Stanislaus Tomatoes is another great company as well. And they believed in me early too. Cordo is wonderful, and also Uni and Uni. Yes, Uni. I got my Uni Pros, like the legendary Uni. Yeah, shout out to them. And I'm, and they're still supporting to this day, all the way from two, three years ago. So I love Uni as well. And thank you so much for doing this podcast with them. Yeah, of course. And the other thing that I vibed with the, uh, you that just reminded me is when you said Stannis Lawson, like, yo, you said you couldn't pronounce things. I was like, yo, me too. I can't. But the thing... The thing is, you just like roll with it and you're you're so confident with it yeah. that it doesn't even matter. They know I love them. I tell them in person. So I don't care. You know, I love you guys. So stop it. Yeah. I feel like I have to be so careful of what I have to say, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to tread lightly. But it's like you've inspired me to just let go and just be chill and, you know, keep rolling with it. Yeah. Have fun with it. Or just be honest because people could tell when you're not honest, too. I mean, a lot of things I think people feel feel like I'm scripted, but they don't know that I really am. I really am old school cookie book a little bit. Like I grew up in like a very traditional fifties household. And what I mean by that is that that old school fifties, like the woman comes in the dress and she pours and the father is eating at the table with the newspaper. I mean, I literally grew up like that. So a little cookie cutter of what you see is a really a big part of who I am in a way, because I grew up in that really conservative 
you know, old school, we eat dinner at the table together, life, and it shows sometimes, so. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's part of you and, and you are you today. Yes, I am. So. I want to wrap up with a few questions that some people have asked on uh, Facebook and Instagram, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. Gary Fleming was a uh, a big fan of your frozen pizza. Oh, yeah. He has two questions for you. One, uh, what is your kitchen and production setup like? Maybe you can give a tip to the home baker to be able to scale up their pizza business at home. And then two, what's up with the frozen pizza? Are they going to be available again? They will be. And um, as far as... Uh, scaling up. Um, you know, I feel like you just got to start with a great dough product. Uh, and then the toppings part is easy, right? So as long as you have your crust and everything of what you want and just freeze it in its natural state, that's the key. What about equipment? What are you using? That's the thing about my show that I love. What equipment? I have a 500 degree oven at the studio and a 550 degree oven at my house. You know, when you learn how to make dough, you learn how to make dough for every temperature. Every situation. Don't think, oh, I can make it better if I had a this oven, a deck oven, a uni oven, a this oven. You can make it better if you know how to make dough. Yeah. What up, 100%. Though? What up? What up, dough? That's what's good, dough. What's good, dough, right? What's good, dough? David Smith wants to say you're amazing. You're amazing, too. And he, and he wants to know uh, what other movies, because you seem to be a huge movie lover, what other movies inspired your pizza making, if any? Oh, I love the Rocky Horror Park Picture Show. I watch that often. Um, of course, I love Grease. I love, I like like your 80s, 70s cult classic films. You know, I love musicals. I love The Wiz. I love... I love movies, period. I'm a real movie person, by the way. Like, it's my favorite pastime. I like movies with um, subtitles. I like international films. I like stories. I like it all. I like, I like anything aspirational, you know? I love aspirational things. And, you know, in building Last Dragon Pizza, it's important for me to be an aspirational brand. You know, I love that people see me from my house. And earlier you said professional versus house, you know, and I always looked at myself as professional in my house. You know, I never separated myself. You know, there are a lot of people in the industry earlier, early. So funny how bandwagons change and things change and pendulums shift. But a lot of people, you know, would look at me like, oh, she just got a thing in her house or she just sells things in her house. And now it's the wave. Now it's the wave, right? And uh, it, how you look at yourself is very important. How you present yourself, how you feel about yourself, whatever boxes people try to label you in is important. What you believe, what you're told versus what you believe is important. So yeah, um, to answer his question, I love movies, period. I love all kinds of movies. It seems like you are you know, setting up your own wave and riding it. You were ahead of the game in the home pizza making type of scene and you were doing what you want. What wave are you creating next and what is it that you want to do with it? Um I wanna I want I want to create a wave of um fearlessness. I want to create a wave of really reaching pushing yourself to be the best. I want to create a wave of, um, you know, ambition and life. I want to create a wave of all those things because in the end, that's what this life is about. It's about learning, pushing, pushing and learning and, and, and going through what you've got to come through the fire to see what, to see what you're made of. You know what I mean? A lot of people underestimate me. And I think that that's the biggest mistake anyone can ever make. Because I want it bad. Like, it's not a game. Like, I'm nice, but I really want it. I knew you wanted it bad when I when I read that. You used to wake up every morning and just write in your journal. Yep. I used to, and, and I used to write in my journal, First We Feast. Oh. I used to be like, damn. I wish First We Feast would notice me. Sheesh. Yes. That's that. so powerful. I used to do that. And when I look back, I'm like, oh my goodness. 
You know what I mean? I remember one time I saw something on their channel. And I was like, wow, that would be cool if First Refuse would notice me. That would be nice. And I didn't even know what that would look like. You don't have to. Yeah, and I get offers all the time. And you know, I tell the show. I get offers all the time to do other shows, do other, you know, these shows that come out. And the way that they bet on me is why I'm so loyal to them. If there's one thing that I mess with you the most with is that, is that loyalty is so important. I am loyal. I'm a loyal person. So if you ever see me and you there's a disconnect, you know the disconnect is for a reason. Like I'm a super loyal person. You know what I mean? And patient person. But if something is not right, something's not right. Something's not, you know, I don't feel good about it. I'm just going to remove myself from the situation. You know? And that's that. You got to be yourself. You know, like, you can't allow people to, like, change you or, or, or. like, I make pizza for sure. I'm friendly for sure, but I'm still me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still Nicole Russell. Like, Anyone that knows me knows me. Like I'm loyal to my, I'm loyal to a fault sometimes. You know what I mean? But if the energy's not right, the energy's not right, and I'm not gonna do it. You know, I like money, but money is not everything to me. And I thank God. You know, I've never wanted for anything in my whole life. I thank God. So that that's, that's never a draw for me. I'm not greedy. I'm not like I'm not a coveter. I don't look at your thing and I want your thing. I always want my thing. You know what I'm saying? So this is mine. All of this whole journey, this whole piece of life, this whole everything, I did this, me. I did this. And people came along the way and I and thank you so much for everything that everyone's inputted in me. And I and I and I double back and I'm always there when they need me because of the what they you know, what they sprinkled, the dust they sprinkled on me or the soil or the water they planted me, whatever you want to say it, like, for that. And that's how I build my tribe. And, but all of this you're seeing, this is me, you know, period. I have two questions that I like to end the show with. The first one, what's one mistake that people can avoid in the pizza business? Hmm. One mistake. Try to stay with the times and understand what's going on in the world, wherever you're at, and stay abreast with it and create a situation that's conducive to what you want out of life. Because the number one thing I hear from people that own restaurants that come on my show is like, oh, I couldn't wait to come here to tell you, don't do a restaurant. If I had a, even a quarter of how many people tell me not to do a restaurant because I'm going to give up my whole entire life. And I'm never going to have anything but this pizza here. And forget it. Your life is over. You know, know what you want for yourself and know what you're getting into before you so quickly to think you're reaching for something that it's not necessarily what you want, but what you're told you want. I would say always follow your gut and know what you want. You want to do a takeout business? Do a takeout business. You want to do a ghost kitchen? Do a ghost kitchen. You want to do a restaurant? Do a restaurant. But do what you want that's conducive to what you want for your life. I just want to say uh, this has definitely been one of my favorite interviews of the year. And I feel like, I feel, one, not feel like, I feel so honored to be in your presence. And I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness. I do too. I'm so. I do too. I think the same thing about you. And I don't do everything. And I don't interview every, everybody. I'm not, I'm not thirsty for nothing. So not even, not even, not even, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. So I came on here because of, I met you in person. I felt your vibe and the way that you approached me. And that's why I'm here. So you're destined for greatness as well. And it's an honor to be on your show. That means so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. What do you want to leave the audience with that you haven't said already? Uh, we're in trying times. We're all going through it. It's so much death and ugliness around us. It's so much illness around us. It's so much grief around us. We're approaching the holidays. I just want everyone to keep the hope, keep looking up, keep shining, and know that tomorrow will be a better day. And each day is a better day. 
and we all will get through this. So um, I hope this reaches everybody far and near. Just continue to plant your seeds, continue to toil your soil, and trust me, you will have your harvest season. Thank you, thank you, and I hope everyone here is listening. Please, 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 please give a lot of thanks to Nicole for being on the show and inspiring us at the end of the year. Um, follow her on Instagram. Check out First We Feast. The Pizza Wars show is cracking, y'all. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Nicole. Bye. I appreciate you and your time. Too, too. Nicole, thank you so, so much for blessing me and the listeners with your time and wisdom. I seriously look up to the work that you do, and I vibe with your energy. Please keep staying real, keep up the great work, and I can't wait to see your journey continue. To you, the listener, oh my freaking goodness. Let's first take a moment to celebrate you for making it this far, but let's not skip a beat and remember to thank Nicole for being on the show. You can do so by reaching out to her on Instagram at lastdragonpizza, Make sure to let her know what's good, though. If you thought, wow, what an amazing episode. If you want to share your favorite part of the episode, I'd love to invite you to continue the conversation. You can join me and other pizza podcast lovers on the Pizza Podcast Facebook group. I also use that group to help me figure out what questions to ask my guests. So please consider joining if you haven't done so already. Links to that are in the show notes. Other than that, Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Till next time. Peace.